What is up guys, it is Primetime Kansas City and on today's episode we'll be going over the AFC and NFC Divisional Round. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, we all know he got a concussion. If he didn't, you've been living under a rock. Uh, don't know why you'd be listening to us to get your sports news. Probably the dumbest thing you could do. Um, Drew Brees calls it a, a, a career, so does Philip Rivers. Uh, no one really cares about Philip. he has nine kids. It's probably the biggest fan following he has. Um, we'll be going over the NBA a little bit. Um, Tennessee, they've been caught for giving all their athletes money and McDonald bags. So that's, that's that. Um, Florida that's with dope. the, it is. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw Florida. They, they, uh, beat Tennessee basketball last night and they said, I'm loving mm -hmm. it for the tweet. <laughs> so that's that, great. It, it's a great move from Florida, but in the middle of all of this, we will have an interview with our good friend, Nick Heath on the Kansas city Royals. All of that and so much more. This is Primetime Kansas City presented to you by Q39. Now let's hear a message from our sponsor. Gather around the dinner table with Q39. Your award-winning barbecue favorites are just a click away. Visit Q39KC.com to place your Q2Go order and pick it up curbside hot and fresh at either Q39 location. Need a meal for the whole family? Check out Q39's grab-and-go barbecue meal package for a quick and convenient option the whole family will love. All right, let's get right into it. Chiefs, Browns, holy shit, what a uh, roller coaster ride. Um, a lot of downs and a lot of ups were hit. Um, after the first drive, I think we all were like, this is going to be the easiest game of our life. That's how I felt, at least. Mm -hmm. uh, then Browns kind of you know, hung around because Harrison Butker decided to miss every field goal he took. That was inside 35 yards, I think. Uh, not necessarily true, but yeah, close. special teams guy. How bad was it on a scale of one he to ten? He made one from thirty-three yards, and he made one from fifty. Yeah, that's well, he why did I miss, missed, he did he miss two, two from thirty-three. Yeah, he missed two from thirty-three, and he, he missed an extra point too. Well, yeah, the thirty-three was the extra point. Yeah, yeah all, he took three field goals from thirty-three yards and missed two of them. That's pretty freaking bad. Yeah, that, that, so, yeah. you, you if you're a kicker, a yeah, you got to go at least yeah. two for three at least. That's at worst. Like, yeah, you should go three for three ninety percent of the time, but going one for three, like if he misses from fifty, that's something. Yeah, thirty-three. And and by the way, just in the midst of all that, fifty is the longest field goal in Arrowhead postseason history. Well, I don't know if you guys realize, but like every single time we play, we play the team with Patrick Mahomes. If it, it feels like their kickers can't kick for shit, like uh, Kyrie yeah. Fairburn. He missed a 44-yarder last year to go into halftime, and he missed it really, really bad, and he had, like, a really long yeah, streak. Yeah, Parky was on. Parky didn't miss. So. Yeah, Adam Vinatieri, he sucked. That's true. We've had some luck in the kicking yeah, game. Yeah, so that's recently, what I'm saying. But... It's, it came back to us. Like, Harrison Butker actually hey. did bad in the playoffs, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Cody Parkey actually made all of his kicks. And the Cody Parkey really got me. Cody Parkey's only missed one kick in the playoffs in his entire career, and it's the big, it's the biggest one of his career. <laughs> that, that's a real fact. That's just it is. He's thing. five for six. Yeah, he he's only missed one kick, and unfortunately, <laughs> it was at the wrong time. It cost him is, a lot of death that threats. That is way better than Harrison Butker, too. Honestly, he's had a few. He's had a few bad misses in the playoffs. Mm. Yeah. So Tennessee going into halftime a few years ago. Oh. Mm, so God, let's just get Christ. let's just get right into it. We all know what happened. Mahomes got hurt. He supposedly got a concussion. He did get a concussion. He he failed the test because he missed one question and was showing it symptoms. It didn't look like a concussion, but it was a concussion diagnosed. Yeah, according uh, to Dr. Alvey, it was for sure a concussion. Well, it definitely no, was. They I wouldn't say he had a concussion if he didn't. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was a weird hit. It was 
honestly kind of unnecessary at that. It wasn't even a hit. It was just like a chokehold. That's what I thought. Was, he was his, dragging him to the ground. His hit, his head never hit the ground, which was like why I didn't know if he had a concussion or not. Um, in all honesty, I thought that was the best the Chiefs had looked in a long damn time until Mahomes got hurt. I thought that was going to be the first. I thought that was going to be the first game in a while that they were going to win by double digits. Um, it was looking like that too. I mean, even with him, because that offense was unstoppable that day. They were not going to. They had not punted at that point. I don't think. If they uh, had, we had won. one punt. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it was just we we're rolling. I gotta call it out though. I just I know nobody wants to hear it. We love Andy Reid. I love him too. Why would a guy with a tur- I think he has turf though. I think is the assumption with Mahomes on his foot. Why are you running him? Okay, no, you can't say I mean, that because after he got turf toe, if that's what it is, he literally ran for 15 yards like two no, drives later on his own. So it's like if your quarterback's foot is not if your quarterback's foot is hurt, why are you calling I mean it was an run? option play and it was and it was it's second still down. A designed run. Yeah. It's, it's like it's like when Mahomes, I mean, listen. If your quarterback is banged up in any way, it makes no sense to call a designed run for him. I don't care what the injury is. It makes no damn sense. I feel like Mahomes he, could say, Andy, or Coach, I my foot's really bothering me. I don't know if I can really do it. Like, Mahomes would not just say, oh, yeah, sure, and if he's really, really hurt. Like, you do realize Mahomes has some say in this offense. Well, of course he has say in the offense, but you don't want to be a little bitch in the playoffs and be like, my toe hurts, I can't do so that. So then you're going to run whatever play you need to run to get the win. I don't see what the problem is there. But you didn't need to run that play. It's second and one. If it's fourth and goal, I get it. It's second and one from midfield. You don't need to run a pitch and option with a banged up quarterback. Exactly. He could have pitched it and taken no risk of getting hurt. Like You put the risk in there by calling an option play. If you just do hand the damn ball off, then Mahomes has no chance of getting hit. And, of course, with football, he can get hit. But if he gets hit on a drop back trying to throw the football, that's completely different than getting hit on a designed run where you're forcing him to get All hit. All I'm going to say is if we get that first sound, Mahomes doesn't get a, concu- a concu- concussion, we're not talking about this play. Of course we're not. because. But you're talking about his toe, Jackson. Because he's already banged up and he gets hurt. There were so many. You need one yard. When it was the end of the game in fourth and inches, they didn't run the freaking ball. They threw it. Why on earth are you running your franchise $500 million quarterback into trouble? I don't like it. Well, then you're probably going to hate the next 10 years because he's probably going to run a lot more. I'm not saying <laughs> I know. I'm joking. I'm joking. But I'm just saying it pissed me off because it was just a dumbass call. It wasn't needed. Like last year in the Super Bowl when Mahomes ran one in, it was like, what, third and goal, I think? That's a, that's a time to call that. That's a time you're in the Super Bowl. You need a play to happen. Call the option there. And he was healthy. This situation, second and one, up twelve points at the like fifty yard line. No, it it was not the it was not needed. You just added a chance at him getting banged up, and you got honestly what you asked for by putting him in the crossfire. I agree and disagree. We're done with this. Let me ask you this: We are recording this Wednesday. Mahomes took all snaps on the limited practice Wednesday. He was full participant for a good hour and a half, but then something I've never seen before, the Chiefs said, oh, you know what, He's actually he was kind of limited now that we really think about it. <laughs> what are Mahomes' so, yeah. chances? Isn't the whole thing with that, though, is that you're not, like, you're not allowed to be considered a full participant if you're like technically in concussion protocol. That might be it. Yeah. But, no, but for sure this practice, for this that practice. Because even if he was a full participant, they have to list him as limited, I think, until he passes concussion protocol. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So I don't think that's the big thing. The weird thing is that she's practicing indoors. Um, no, it's, what? it's I, I not. Somebody said they haven't done that in a while. Or is that was that fake? No, uh, they've done it. They've done it last year. They haven't done it this year. Why? What's the? I mean, it's not. We're not going to play indoors. Well, because look, now we have no footage of how Mahomes was playing. If he really was, because I mean, I'm going to pull John here. Andy could be kind of been lying this whole time. Maybe it was Henny, because the video that the Chiefs posted today was Mahomes outside. And they practice indoors. So that, that clip could have been from so long ago and Henny could have actually been taking all the snaps. And now Buffalo and now Buffalo's having to be like, Oh shit, Mahomes is playing, but then they'd be like, Oh, Henny's actually gonna play. Sorry. Like I, mean, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. The the Chiefs are used to the cold. It's not really going to be that big of a factor. And it's not even gonna be that cold on Sunday. It's like thirty nine. We've played yeah, in negative five. Bad. Buffalo's a cold weather team anyway. It doesn't really matter. Uh, Sunday is looking at high of 41, low of 30, 50% chance of rain. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know. There's obviously something they know that we don't. There's something they're doing that we don't understand right now. They're hiding who uh, we're going to play. I mean, it's as simple as I mean, everyone and their brother thinks it's going to be Patrick Mahomes that starts at quarterback Except on unless night. you name John. John, what are you? Nope. I, I, have, I have faltered back, but more so at the time. Look, when you're a Chiefs fan, you can't trust anything out here. Like, as far as I know, Patrick's gonna slip and fall in his kitchen and crack a butt sheet going into the game. Like, I, I just I don't know. I'm very distrustful with any anything with Chiefs. Um, but I want to say one thing that's kind of off topic from this, but I think Jackson touched on earlier. The Chiefs pre Chad Henney looked really good. Yeah. yeah. Specifically, the defense looked really good. Um, I actually think we're kind of starting to see that that Frank Clark and Chris Jones earning their money by by turning it on in the playoffs. Which sucks. I mean, like, let's just see it. This I didn't whole... see much of Frank Clark. Yeah, to Frank be Clark was kind of. He... I don't know there, if you guys saw him, but I forgot when this was. It was after Mahomes got hurt, but there was a play. Frank Clark was like 15 yards to the right of Baker Mayfield, still trying to uh, break through this tackle. Like, he was just. Yeah, no, here's the thing with, with Clark, that spin move he always does, it either gets him to the quarterback or he's 10 yards yeah, away. Yeah, and like, and that's, all, no that's what was happening. Chris Jones, though, yeah, he was doing really good. Especially in the run game, Chris Jones was playing well. And uh, another uh, thing to mention is Clyde Edwards Elair did practice today, and so did Sammy Watkins and mm-hmm. Fenton. Fenton. And did he not play last week? He didn't play. He didn't play? No. I know. What have been up to? Uh, yeah, he's, still in, he's still in protocol, Reed said. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Willie? Practice? He didn't practice. He was the only person not to touch the practice field at all today. About Schwartz, he uh, he's still on injured reserve. I would assume because they he's did, not playing. Yeah, Schwartz is done. He's yeah. never playing another. I, I was trying to hold on some up. Honestly, though, we're talking about those guys showing up in the playoffs. Does anybody show up bigger in the playoffs than Daniel Sorensen for us on defense? I mean, holy shit! Even if that's an illegal hit, like that guy somehow always is at at the right place at the right time, and he he'll make you pull your hair out from the missed tackles throughout the games. But whenever a play is crucial somehow that guy is always there it makes no sense yeah Yeah, he's one of the weirdest weirdest people i've ever witnessed on any of my teams because sometimes you look at him and you're like this guy sucks and then other (laughs) times it's like okay he just laid the absolute freaking lumber on a dude hard i've seen anyone do in a long time uh and fun fact about him only uh pff top 100 defensive graded player on the chiefs is daniel Sorensen. Number 33 in the NFL. 
Um, yeah, take um, that as you will. The I'll say Tyler this. Matthew, who's at 103. So. He's Sorensen in our last five playoff games has not missed a defensive snap. He, so, he, he's, look, we trash talk him, but he's, he's there when you No, I trash talk him. When you need him I, to make a hit, I have defended him. Up. Yeah, Jackson just, sucks his dick. Literally. Okay, Josh, this is bullshit. Every time I defend a player. No, 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 no. Okay. Look, the Trey Lance and like the Zach Wilson <laughs> shit. Yeah, that was for a joke. But like, no, but it's anyone. You're just like, I'm just like Xavier Pinson's really good. Like, oh, you suck his dick. I'm like, okay. Brady Josh, Cook, relax. you're the only person that I know that cheers on for Brady Cook. Like, come on. Because, because Josh, first of all, because Basilak sucks Josh dick. Josh, you can't be the dick sucker police out here because yeah. No, no one look, does all I'm saying is when we play the Chargers on Monday Night Football in Mexico, me and John are like, this dude Sorensen needs to get out, and Jackson's like, guys. Give the dude a chance, and then he gets an interception. He's like, "Look what I told you, bitches!" And then and you would have done the same thing if you were on his side. But I was don't never not like because I'm not a Daniel Sorensen dick sucker. Okay, I don't know what your point is here, Josh. It doesn't make any sense. I'm just saying, I just like a guy you don't like him. Wow, big deal. End of the day, he look. made a big play. Honestly, if he would have got suspended, I would have been fucking pissed. Like. I know. I didn't even know there was a chance contact. of him getting suspended. I know there was helmet to helmet contact on the play, but what do you want Sorensen to do on that play? Just let him score when he reaches out. The only way he can make that tackle is if he dives down. There's, that's the only way he can make that tackle. I didn't even know There's, there was head-to-head contact until halftime, and I checked Twitter, and Brown's Twitter is just going berserk. But to be honest, it's not a dirty play at all. Sorensen tried to lead with the shoulder. He wasn't trying to head hunt. When a guy reaches out, shit happens. I mean, I don't know. If they threw the penalty, I would have been mad, but understanding because they made helmet to helmet contact. But when I, when I heard that there was a chance of a suspension, I was so freaking pissed. Because how are you going to suspend a guy for playing football at that point? Like that is ridiculous. All right, let's get on to the next. Uh, you guys didn't give me your chances. Are we all saying 100% Mahomes plays? I give it 95. Yeah, I, yeah, I would I'm say 90. 90%. Yeah, 90. All right, uh, let's get on the next game, kind of on a tight schedule here. We got the Rams, Packers, Packers 32, Rams 18. Aaron Rodgers has his first NFC Championship game at home in his career. Um, it's, I think the Packers are looking good. I mean, it felt yeah, like they were in control. They should be the favorites, I feel like. They should be the favorites. I mean, they have, there's not a team playing hotter. I mean, maybe Buffalo, but they even looked a little beatable. I don't know. Green Bay just has... Uh, a nice combination of everything going for them right now. They got the elite quarterback play. They've got a good running game. Even with Bakhtiari tearing his ACL, the offensive line's playing well. They've got the best receiver in the league, in my opinion. Um, and the defense is serviceable right now. Yeah, um, I really think that if, if I mean, oh. lose the Bills on like you know Patrick not being able to play, then we will have been shafted out of one of the most intense uh, Super Bowl matches. I was going to say this. I think this could be the best championship Sunday we've ever seen. I think it, it's going to be a good one. When you have Rodgers, Brady, and Allen Mahomes, I think you already going into this weekend know you have three quarterbacks that are Hall of Fame locks. And that's pretty damn good. You know Brady, Rodgers, and Mahomes are going to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't give a shit. Mahomes could retire right now. Put him in. Um, and then Josh Allen, who, if he plays like he did this year, will be a Hall of Famer one day if he continues to do that. So... It's going to be crazy. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of points. I think, honestly, the Chiefs game is going to be a shootout. I can't see a situation where that becomes see, low score. Look, we'll get no, we'll get into that on the next episode. We will. We yeah. will. I was, going to, I was going to tell you what I, I think. I'm just but, saying, hey, we gotta, we got to keep going. Uh, going back to the Green Bay game, though, the Rams, honestly, 
that defense was overrated from the get-go. They really were. Um, Aaron Donald wasn't healthy. That didn't help. But Jalen Ramsey was talking all that shit. Uh, I think we all remember what happened the last time Jalen Ramsey opened his fucking mouth. Tyreek burnt his ass. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Rams, they never had the quarterback or the offense to get through, and the defense is only good for so long. Well, when you so. don't have a good Cooper Cup, I mean, it's kind of hard. I yeah, mean, well, Cooper Cup stuff, that doesn't help as well, and Goff isn't 100% yeah, either. Yeah, I mean, the fact that this week. Rams team got to here is pretty impressive. But it's good for them, yeah. something I mean, that they, you talked about earlier with this Packers defense like being on point, yes, they're, they are good, but you kind of just right. – you kind of just – Put or you kind of just was a hypocrite. I, I don't even know if that's the right term. I mean, you just kind of talked yourselves out of this Packers defense being really good. You played a broken thumb quarterback. You played a team without their number oh, one no, wide I'm receiver. I'm saying they're great, and I'm not saying. No, I know. I'm off. just like, yeah, of course they're going to have a good defensive outing against a team with a broken hand quarterback. They're without their number one wide receiver, but it was a good performance from the Packers defense. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. Let's not get or let's not get ahead of ourselves with the Packers defense. Moving on, and I will say this. No, oh, I'll just say this real quick. J- Jair Alexander is the best corner in football right now. All right, I'll take there. Um, moving on, Bills. Uh, Buc- not Buccaneers. Excuse me, Ravens. This game sucked. Ravens. It was seventeen to three, Jackson. So or should I do meteorologist Ogden? Because I know you want to be called that from now on in windy games. <laughs> um, yeah, Jackson, you were right there. You weren't predicting right. those heavy wins. But, I, I was not predicting it to be that big of a factor. I wasn't even predicting it to be a huge factor at all. I just brought it. I wasn't even mad about it. I just brought up what the wind would be. And you're like, okay, yeah, like the wind matters. And, so and I mean, kind of it kind of didn't because the Ravens really didn't get enough scoring. But it did. We just got to call this game like it is. Yeah. In, in, in today's NFL, if you can't have a passing attack, you can't win a Super Bowl. And Baltimore's run into that three years in a row now. Yeah, because, I mean, they don't have anyone to toss it to other than Mark Andrews. Yeah, and Lamar's not a great passer as it as it is anyway. So. Yeah, but yeah, this game was pretty shite. Uh, Seventeen to three, Lamar went out with a concussion. I mean, whatever his name, Taylor Huntry, no, Huntley, Huntley, whatever. He he wasn't bad. I mean, he was just another mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. I'll say this: if Buffalo plays like that this weekend, the Chiefs are going to beat them by ten. That's what I'm yeah, thinking. And like they, when they played the Colts, they weren't good. Like people are saying Buffalo is great. Look, they've had two no. shitty performances. Against no, they they were not very good on Sunday. Like if Saturday Week Seventeen night. Buffalo versus Miami comes out against the Chiefs, yeah, I'm yeah, scared. But yeah. Josh Allen was overthrowing a lot of guys. He hasn't looked that dominant in the postseason. But yeah, we're not going to preview too much of this week. I'm just saying. Next up, more late age, whatever. Next up, Saints, uh, Buccaneers. It it was a decent game. I didn't watch it. I'm going to be honest. Uh. I knew Jared Cook really screwed up. He fumbled the ball. He, he ruined that game. Yeah. So, I mean, it sucks Drew Brees. He went out on a loss for his retirement. Yeah, a terrible one. Yeah, and supposedly this dude's been playing with a torn rotator cuff, according to his girlfriend. That's something I want to touch up on. It's Bikes. crazy when all these when all these players, whenever they lose, they say, oh, by the way, I've been playing with a – I'm being dramatic here – a torn ACL or without a pinky. Like, I believe him, though. No, I believe him, too. It's just like – like, they told I don't know if all that that they told AJ Brown the wide receiver yeah he couldn't Titans play that, in week two yeah in week two that his season was over and he played all the way to the end of the season so that and Rivers you know just on the topic of him retiring today uh, he played on a torn ACL Literally, I didn't even know that was possible until today when I saw that video ACL 
and then played the next week. Yeah, like that that's was, some crazy that's, shit. Like Jared, they would not let you do that in the NFL. Carson today. Wentz could do it for one drive. Philip Rivers did it for a whole game. Like I'll give you respect yeah. to that, but that's incredible. Um, I was hoping I'd be wrong about this game to be completely honest, but it was exactly what I feared. The Tampa Bay defense figured out Drew Brees and the Saints yes. offense, and Brady <laughs> didn't have to do shit. Three drives, three touchdown drives in that game, a total of 63 yards. That's 21 yards a drive. Only Tom fucking Brady gets that luck. Only Tom Brady. That does not happen for other quarterbacks. Tom Brady's defense forced four turnovers, including three interceptions on a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, it is just so – I guarantee you Rodgers will play his worst game of the year this Sunday. Just watch. He will. He'll shit his pants, and the Buccaneers' defense will come up with five turnovers, and Brady will throw for 100 yards, and they'll win by 10. Somehow, this guy just has a magic horseshoe stuck up his ass. I don't know what it is. All right, we'll, is get into, we'll get into that matchup on Thursday, Jackson. Yeah, we will. Well, Friday. Because I'm it's gonna very pumped about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, Breeze and uh, Brady had a little moment after the game. You can pretty much tell it was Breeze's last game. Okay. I mean, this dude has an, he's lined up with NBC, so I don't know who they're going to kick off. Uh, it better not be Chris. Is he going to? If it's Chris, we're throwing hands. Oh, yeah. It could. I, I, I don't want to. I'm not going to comment. I could have said something really. I'm not going to comment. Nope, we're done with that. Um, NBA. We are. We are like fifth. No, yeah, 15 games through the season. Um, give me your rookie of the year and MVP as of right now. Rookie of the year, Lamelo. No rookie's been that impressive. <laughs> Just give it to Lamelo, bro. None of them have been even. It. It's between Lamelo and Tyrese. Like I hate saying it, but it is. There's nobody that's even like that impressive to me, and I'm not trying to be a hater. Oh I'm no, Lamelo's like, like not. Lamelo and Tyrese are putting up really good numbers coming off the bench. Yeah, they, that's true. Like um, that's the thing people don't realize. Lamelo's not even starting, and he's put and he put up a triple double. I would, I would give it to Lamelo like easily, but I'm just saying Tyrese is definitely second right now. I haven't been paying attention enough to the rookies to give it to him, but I'll give it to James Wiseman just to be different. What the fuck, Jackson? That's not even a good answer. I just I don't know. I don't care. All right, MVP. Um, I'm gonna go Jason Tatum. That was my preseason pick. It, yeah, and I, I think it's a great pick. He's playing well. I don't think they would give it to him right now, though. Well, duh. I mean, he uh, hasn't played in the last week. He has Coco. I, John, do you have an MVP right now? He's I muted. Have to think about it. Oh, well, he's muted. Uh, part of me thinks Kevin Durant's a good answer it's here. Not, he's definitely. Is there a comeback player of the year in NBA? NBA. Um, I will say. God, I'll. I want to say KD so bad, but Just I think with it. the addition. Of, I think no, because when I think with the addition of Harden, it's going to take that value away from him. I'll, I'll just give it to him. I can't think of anybody better right now. I have to give it to Durant. He's playing really well. So, but I would also keep an eye on Luca. Uh, I I don't know. The NBA this year's been weird. There's really not. I haven't been too excited about it to be honest. So I can't really give a huge opinion. Uh, uh, John, yeah. are you there? John is not there. All right, John just said John is not there. John loves um, meeting just, us and just – Just real quick, um, before we head into uh, the Nick Heath interview. Oh, up, 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 up. I've returned. All right, well, hurry right. up. you got to hurry your okay. pick. Uh, yeah, my MVP is going to be Paul George. Um, for undisclosed <laughs> I never would have thought but I heard that. I would have never I have heard that. I have special interest in him winning it. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, my rookie of the year, I'm just going to give the Lamelo. You've already told us Lamelo. You've already told the. The Brooklyn Nets will win the NBA title easily. All right, hey, we can get into that. We can get into that another time. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll be back after this after this interview with Nick Heath. But yeah, let's just cut to the Nick Heath interview, and we'll talk more in uh, in depth about basketball with Nick Heath, or not Nick Heath. Excuse me. We'll talk more in depth basketball after the interview with Nick Heath, presented to you by Q39. Now let's get to the interview. All right, we now welcome on a uh, recurring guest, good uh, friend of the podcast. It is Royals outfielder Nick Heath. Nick, we appreciate you coming back on the podcast. Man, you know I always appreciate being here. That's what we love to hear. Um, So, <laughs> hey, you played in the majors. Let's just get right into that. That day against the Cubs, How? what was going through your mind when you got your first hit, uh, that double, uh, that RBI? What, what was going through your mind? You said what went through my mind? Yeah, like what was just going through your body whenever like all this was happening? Man, to be honest with you, I thought it was all like, I thought it was all kind of fake, you know? Like I was just dreaming. But man, that was like, that was real life, man. That was cool. I don't, I almost don't even really know how to explain it. Like that feeling is, <laughs> that feeling is really, really hard to explain or really, or really hard to compare to something else. Yeah, no problem. I was just asking what your overall take was on your first season in the majors, even with it being a, a weird COVID year. Uh, man, that was it was it was still really really fun. You know what I mean? Um, I kind of mm-hmm. just you kind of get to the point where you're like, dude, no way, I'm here. The first couple of days was, I wouldn't say like starstruck, but just in terms of like being able to say like, man, I'm finally a major leaguer. You know what I mean? Like that that mm-hmm. experience is second to none. You know what I mean? I can't really put that into words. We really wouldn't know just, what it means when you say you're uh, you're a major leaguer because we will never get to the MLB. But <laughs> yeah, we do. We man, understand just, what you're saying. <laughs> the best way for me to explain it is, man, like something some something that you really, really, really worked hard for, and like that feeling you get when you accomplish something that you know sometimes seems like you're not gonna be able to get there, or sometimes seems like you know it's gonna take way longer than you expect and when they say man you like you never know when it's your turn or you never know when it's your time to shine up there like you really really don't and i was sitting down playing video games with my friends from back home and i get a call saying pack your bags you're going to detroit so mm-hmm. that, that was I don't, oh my goodness man and you can see me like in the video saying like how speechless i am about it and they're like man how do you feel about being up here what's what's going on i'm like man i'm speechless right now i don't even really know what to tell you i just I'm a big leaguer, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's 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 weird. It's hey, you're, a great you're playing a sport that you have played your whole life. I mean, that's something that's awesome to do, and you're getting paid for it too. Like, there's nothing you better in life to do something you love that much and just have fun with it. I mean, that's what I'm, and and I'm agreeing with you on that part, man. The the fun aspect has absolutely never left the game of baseball. So like going out there and finally being able to be like, man, I'm. I at least get to say I'm amongst the best of the best right now. That's, oh, yeah. that's we were you know, we were pulling for you to make the initial opening day roster and be there, and then uh, when they started in Cleveland, and then they you weren't on that one, and then it was like not even a week into the season, and you were in Detroit. So we were kind of happy for you. We were like, hey, we went from like, oh man, to really excited for you. What was it like uh, going into the season? not making the opening day roster and then, you know, having that emotion that you might have and then 
all of a sudden, like you said, you're playing video games, you do get cold. What was that circumstance, that, that time frame like for you? Uh, man, at first, I was like, at first, I was really, really, I wouldn't say heartbroken, but I was really, really, like, upset about not breaking with the team. But, man, I'm a competitor, so I totally understand. You got to go out there and kill the best group of guys you can. Like, So, mm-hmm. when they were saying, you know, when they told me, hey, like, you're not going to come with the team, it was all fine and good. And, like I, like I said, I get it. But, you know, that kind of put that, that little chip on your shoulder. And I was upset for a few days. Like, I'm sure, you know, a lot of other guys that had been in my position were as well. Uh, at some point in their lives. So, uh, man, I kind of just said, I'm not going to let it get me down. I had some coaches. I had some teammates saying, you know, keep on pushing, man. Mm-hmm. You'll get there You'll get there when you get there. And, and when you do, show us what it's, uh, show us what you're about. So, uh, like you said, man, those couple of days went by. Like I said, I was upset. But, man, I got the call, and I was like, <laughs> in the back of my head, I'm like, man, about time. That's what we were thinking. Man, I totally get it. So, um that that turnaround from like really really upset to really really excited it kind of messed with me for a couple of days but once i kind of got the grasp of you know uh finally being there finally understanding what was going on and finally figuring out you know what i had to do to be involved it was really really cool yeah i mean little do you know nick that we were the ones that told dayton to go ahead and call you up that day so well man i want to just say i really really appreciate y'all <laughs> hey we we've had some encounters with the royals that we really can't talk about but, yeah, but just like, know. Hey, I'll say this: I've seen Dayton Moore one time in person, and I was starstruck. So it was oh, definitely not cool, being huh? up for you. <laughs> no, I mean, if we have some free time, we can talk about that. But we definitely had encounters with the Royals this summer that we were not expecting. But I mean, that first series where you really got the start against the Cubs. I mean, that was a. I'm I'm assuming that was a lot of emotions there. You got your first start, your first hit. I mean, your first RBI. But then that next day, I mean, you. I forgot, was it your hamstring that you pulled or something that kept you out for a couple weeks? Yeah, it was my hamstring. I kind of, like, I, I retweaked it, and, and man, I just, I don't know, man. <laughs> Real unfortunate timing. That's what I was going to ask. I was like, what was going through your mind when you realized, like, you finally got this break and you finally made it, and then an injury happens? What went through your mind then? I was, I mean, I was pretty pissed off. I'd be lying if I right. said otherwise. I mean, who wouldn't but, be? But, yeah. man, at, at that point, I was kind of like, man, it it had to happen to me it literally couldn't happen to anybody else so i mean it wouldn't be part of my you know what i mean it wouldn't be part of my story if it didn't happen and not to say that i'm thankful but thankful that it did but it definitely you know kind of helped me lock in on some things i got to take care of and kind of just open my eyes a little bit of how quickly it can come and go so uh man i, I think that's a little bit of chip on my shoulder and and you know to take better care of my body to take better care of myself when i got to get ready to play games and stuff like that and to also understand that, man, I'm only there for so long, so I got to make the most of it, and and you know, I got to work hard to get there and stay there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going into kind of the in-game aspect, I think a lot of fans would be interested to hear about some of the tough matchups you had. I just want to know from your first season playing, the guys you did face, who was the toughest pitcher you faced year one? Oh man, that's hard. Uh, okay, or, I didn't have like, one of them. Bats. Uh, Williams from uh, Williams from the Brewers, uh, mm. really, really nice changeup. But I don't care what anybody says, man. Somebody said Craig Kimbrell fell off a little bit, da 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 No, <laughs> no, he, he didn't fall off. Hey, I mean, it's Craig Kimbrell. He will, he will always be good. Like, yeah, he was just he was just really, really great at one point, and he's just really, really good now. 
Like oh, two hundred percent. I was a Braves fan, so like walking yeah. into the box, I'm like, oh, oh man, that had I've been be watching this dude on TV. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like you had some of those experiences. I'm assuming. I gotta, I, I gotta ask. Does that, does that startup that he has? It's so unique. Does it? Does it do anything? What does that do? Or is it just comfortable for him? Does it intimidate you as a hitter? Is there anything that that can help him with? Because I'm I curious. Mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it intimidated me. I would say the the intimidating part was like finally getting my first start and actually being out there. And then throughout the game, I'm like, oh snap, oh snap. And he comes up, and I'm like, dang, this is <laughs> this is terrible, dog. This <laughs> real life. You know what I mean? His name kind of did it. His name just did it in itself, but. Uh, man, it was cool. It was it was like a really really fun experience. I punched out. I had a good at bat, and then I walked back and I was like, man, he was best closer in baseball for a minute. So mm-hmm. I can't. I'm at least sit there inside, help my own, and you know, man. Sometimes you get beat, tip your cap, and keep on pushing. But uh, being around him, uh, getting to see uh, Miggy up close, oh, getting to talk to some of those guys, man. Like, and even being around our big leaguers, man. When you, uh-huh. when you look back and see these guys have won a World Series and you look back and see the work that they put in and how tight-knit they are, you're like, man, I'm really, really around them. Like, I'm really, really around a group of guys, and they're not, they not playing around. No, so, they're winners, uh, and that's what we hope this group of uh, players can do with the Worlds this upcoming few years. Oh, 250%. You know, we all want that. That's all we ever want to see. We got, we got more yeah, than 200%. That was, that's, that was going to be my question. I was going to ask what players were you like, holy shit, this is who I grew up watching, and now I'm going up against them. But you kind of answered that question. Whenever yeah, I wouldn't say there were any guys apart from him that, you know, I had grown up watching just because I was always watching the Braves. And then, mm-hmm. um, I mean, high school, college, all throughout that. So, uh, obviously, with the season being kind of restricted. That's what I was going to um, say, too. Yeah, with the season being kind of restricted, I obviously didn't get to see as many people as I wanted to or, you know, uh, get the opportunity to see as many places as I wanted to. But and nonetheless, seeing somebody who's going out there competing against the best of the best is kind of cool in the first place. Yeah, I mean, what was – who was the person you were the closest to during this whole season? Uh, so, O'Hearn was my roommate uh, during spring training. So, me and O'Hearn have had, like, a little bit of time to, like, hang out. So – just going through like the being a rookie process i kind of just asked him a lot of questions and in turn you know like on my off days or you know whenever i was just chilling in the room uh it was just trying to go see him and figure out you know the ropes and different ways to do things so i would say O'Hearn was probably one of the closest guys i you know uh been with throughout the season and that was kind of that's kind of my my go-to guy whenever I needed something. And since you kind of talked about it, it was your rookie year. Was there anything you as the rook that you had to do for the team whenever like you guys went on road trips? No, I didn't necessarily have to do anything towards the end. We had a little dress-up. Uh, we had to put on like these big old blow-up outfits coming from, I really, really want to say Detroit. Uh, we had to put up these blow-up outfits, and that was pretty funny, but like nothing crazy, nothing wild. So you got off the hook. Oh, yeah, for sure. They played a little prank on us and sent us, like, a note saying, like, you know, we had to go do something. We had to give people, like, a fan experience. And we were like, a fan experience? Like, <laughs> I'm, like, a fan experience right now. So they were like, oh, yeah, y'all got to go do this and this. And I was like, hey, did anybody else get this note? <laughs> he was like, nah, y'all. So they ended up, you know, just they ended up telling us it was just jokes and, and they went from there. But, man, they made they made life pretty easy on us. That's good. Yeah. You got the luckier, honestly. You you got to avoid some of the rookie pranking because of all the COVID protocols that had to take place. That good deal there for you. And now and now when it's your turn to do the pranks, it it'll be back to normal, hopefully. So you'll get to be a fun part fun of it. 
Something um, tells me I'm gonna have to do that next. Year. I was gonna say yeah, I don't think you got off the hook. Redshirt freshman, you like that? Yeah, because I know that in the NBA, like I knew, I knew a lot of the rookies that were rookies last year. They're still getting the rookie treatment. So Nick, I'm not gonna say you're off the hook yet, but I mean, it's, hey. they're starting to see light at the end of the tunnel. We got a very young team, so we have that. So where Nick eventually won't be one of the young guys anymore, he can be one of the vets. So he can he can get in on the playful, uh, joking around with those guys. Heading into this season, though, Nick, um, it's obviously still a pandemic going on. We look like we're going to have a set schedule this year with uh, spring training starting in February, and hopefully nothing gets stopped. What are you looking forward to? What do you think you need to improve on the most this season? Honestly, man, I think the biggest thing for me trying to improve this season is just being more consistent. Uh, obviously, you know, didn't get a ton of opportunity to stay in the lineup. Um, and obviously, I came from the injury and other guys playing well, yada, yada, yada. But for me, this big, the the focus right now is just consistency. Um, at the plate, on the base pass, in the field, if they need me to come in late in the game, I got to be consistent and doing that really, really good. So. I've been trying to focus on, you know, telling myself, you know, my focus on all my work is continuing to do the same thing the right way and making sure, you know, I got all my fundamentals covered. Um, I'm, I'm taking, again, I'm taking care of myself and I'm finding a way to wreak havoc and do what I do best. So um, only thing I want to do is help the team win, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put myself in a position to show them that I'm here to play and I'm here to stay. Yeah. What were your thoughts of playing under Mike Matheny in his first year? I like him, and I like him because he was a little hard on me. You know what I mean? He was like, look, man, you, you're capable of doing this. You got the opportunity to do this, so I need you to lock it in. And, you know, he definitely kind of kept me honed in. He definitely helped me, you know, figure some stuff out as a rookie, kind of understanding, you know, where I need help, understanding, you know, where I'm good at but I can still work on. So uh, I kind of like that. I kind of like the, hey, man, let's get going type of thing because it kind of makes me, you know, want to want to say, all right, cool, I'm about to show you what I can do. So I really, really like being under him. And, man, he wanted to win. And I like being around people who want to win. So he really, really did that for me. And, and, he, uh, and he helped me. Again, everybody made that, you know, rookie transition really, really easy. And I think he was a huge part of that as well. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about the winning aspect of it. I, I know last year when we were, I want to say, like, maybe like 11 and 19, maybe 11 and 20, something like that. And, you know, with a COVID year, with the sports schedule, that's – you know, you're pretty far behind 500 with not a lot of games to play. There was still a lot of talk from Dayton and Mike and the guys about, hey, we're, we're still trying to get in on that wild card spot. We're still trying to compete. Do you think that the end of last season, which you guys ended very well, you ended up going 26 and 34. Do you think the end of last season is going to carry into this season? And what factors, if so, would? I think. I think last year is definitely going to carry into this year. Um, we see, and we got a lot of talented guys, and we got a lot of guys who really, really want to turn around. You know what we've done in the last couple of years. Um, I think the big thing for us is understanding. You know we're capable of doing so, and we got a, you know, we got a tough, we got a tough division. We got the White Sox, we got the Twins. You know everybody's everybody's coming out here to play. So the big thing for us is understanding that you know, you know we're capable of doing things as a team. We're capable of going out there and winning, and we showed it. You know. Uh, to start the year, we showed it, you know, during the season, we showed it to finish the season. So that's big for us. And I think it's definitely going to let under, uh, let people know and let, you know, our guys know that, man, we're ready to play. It's just a matter of time until we get the ball rolling. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that a lot of people aren't talking about. I mean, this Royals team has made a lot of off-season transactions with signing Carlos Santana. You just got Wade Davis back. You got Greg Holland. I mean, 
this team is making a lot of transactions, and I feel like this team is a team that could easily make it into the postseason, whether that be wildcard or who knows, maybe even winning the division. Because, I mean, you never know. I mean, the 2014 Royals, they came out of nowhere. And look what mm-hmm. they did. What are you expecting from this team? What What are you really, like, truly hoping? I know we all want a World Series, but, like, what is the biggest goal for this team this year? I think, man, we're ready to come out swinging, you know? Um, it's just, I don't know no other way to put it. I know, man, we got a lot of we got a lot of guys on our team who are ready to go out there and do whatever it takes to win. And you can tell, you know, when you get in the clubhouse and we lose a close game, you can tell. Like, it's 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 kind of burning people up on the inside. And and in turn, we come out the next day and we're like, all right, man, this is the opportunity where we can turn around yesterday. Uh, maybe we didn't execute something. Maybe, you know, we kind of fell asleep a little bit in a certain position or we did this, that, or the other, and we shouldn't have. But then you kind of get everybody back around each other and we're understanding, look, man, like I said, um, we got guys who can ball. We got guys who can go out there and get it done and go do some stuff. And and we're all excited to see what we can do because we know what we're capable of. And it's kind of the atmosphere in that clubhouse, and it's coming from top to bottom. And they, every time they see you when they walk by, we got to go get better today. We want to win. We're out here to show people we're not here to play around no more. And and it's go time in Kansas City. That's what we like to hear. Jack. Yeah, that I mean, obviously, that's exactly what we like to hear. And a lot of comparisons have been made from – and you, you were a Braves fan, so you wouldn't know as much about this. But, you know, this team is being compared to the last rebuild that the Royals had a lot, where it was built on speed, defense, contact hitting – do you think that's what this team is, or do you think that there's a different formula with this team? Do you think they're more of a power team? What What do you see in this team? Man, I definitely understand we got a lot of guys who can do different things. We got right. three guys who can hit the ball out of the yard. I mean, we got guys playing defense in the middle of the field, and Wade, Nikki, Monty, third base, man. We got Frank. We had Franco, you know, playing a great third base, and obviously we lost Gordo as well, but it's – it's definitely like a next man up type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, we got guys we know we can fill in that position, and we know they've been working hard, and, and we practice every day. And when I'm in the outfield, even as a rookie, I would get some in center, and they'd be like, go get some in left just in case. And cool, go to left. Like, oh, we got a little extra time. Let's get some work in in right field, or let's work on this and work on this. So, man, it's always figuring out a way to get the job done wherever we need to get the job done with whoever we need to get it done with. And and you know everybody's pulling for everybody. Everybody's waking up. Everybody's coming to the ballpark, and we're expecting to win. We're not just wanting to win. We're expecting to win. And and if it doesn't happen that day, cool. Go to sleep. Figure out what we did wrong. Wake up the next day, and let's get after it again. Yeah, I mean that's what we always really like to hear with this Royals team. I mean, when we had Ned in the in the postseason runs, I mean it was just this team was just connecting. And Jackson kind of touched on it earlier. It really felt like this team was really connecting towards the end of the last year. Um, kind of going away from baseball. Um, you're a Falcons fan. You wouldn't know, but uh, <laughs> the, the postseason's going on. Uh, no, the Falcons really haven't, you know. That makes me really sick that you had to throw that jab in there. <laughs> you know, young Hoku kind of, you know, kind of <laughs> ch- choked against the Chiefs. Saving us, though. He was saving us all season to the end, man. Hey, I mean, I will give you that. I mean, young Hoku is a really good kicker. I think the ball got tipped, so I won't put any blame on him. But, I mean, we're in the championship week. Who do you got winning the Super Bowl, Nick? I'm not going to lie to you. I really – man, if I if I don't say Kansas City, I lose. So no, Kansas City, no, you but realistically, not, no, no. no, you're not because, believe it or not, Jackson, a he's fan. a Packers fan. So. I'm just about to say, man, I think Aaron Rodgers might get it done. Let's go. 
He's too nice. Uh, hey, Nick, you know what you were just saying? You're right. I mean, I'm pretty pissed off at you now that you picked the Packers <laughs> and not the Chiefs. So. Go, Pat, go, I mean, baby. I love, I love watching them, and I ain't never doubting those boys. But no, I don't Chiefs know, man. Just seeing Aaron Rodgers right now and Devontae Adams, that's – I don't know. That's a different little combo right there. I totally understand the weapons that the Chiefs have. I was really hoping the Falcons were going to hire Eric Bieniemy, but you got Arthur Who are Smith. you telling yeah. Hey, he, someone called him Thickless Cage because he looks like a thick version of uh, Nicholas Cage. So, <laughs> there you go. I, I can't believe Eric Bieniemy does not have a job. Like a Eric Bieniemy felt like the perfect fit for the Falcons with that team that you guys have. Yeah, God, I, I don't know. Not to not to bash the guy that they got, Arthur Smith. He could end up being a good coach too. But God, the enemy's got to get a job eventually. Listen, man, I'm no GM, so I just yeah. I just hang out and root until we lose. Work out. <laughs> then I, then I go lose again next week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, hey, at least you don't have to suffer a really bad playoff loss, you know? Oh, he's already yeah, suffered yeah, that. Yeah. He's already gone. You're still that. probably experiencing trauma from that Super Bowl. I would, if I was a Falcons fan, I could never get over that one. I'm going to tell my kids about this in 50 years, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, no. If we don't need to rub salt in the wound, because I have a legit question for you, Nick. With the what Falcons now, they have the fourth pick in the draft. Should they take a quarterback? Yes. I think so. Is there one that you like? Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is not going to be there. Fields. You think Fields Thank might, you. I like, I like Fields, too. I, I think, I, if you want me to be honest with you, I think that's where he's going. I pray that's where he's going. I mean, could I'm, be. Not, I'm not saying Matt Ryan's a bad quarterback. He's not. Matt, Matt Ryan, he's an MVP, so he's he doing it at some point. Right. But – I don't know, man. I, geez, but, I mean, maybe it's time, time to move forward. See, like, hey, if you yeah. could put Trevor – if, like, the Falcons somehow got it, there's literally a 0% chance, but the Falcons somehow got Trevor Lawrence, you could put okay. him under a year under Matt Ryan, and I think he would be so much better that second oh, year. Like every quarterback that gets a year to learn is going to be but, like, better. But, I don't see oh, Matt 100%. Ryan – I don't see Matt Ryan and Justin Fields, you know, connecting as much as a Trevor Lawrence and Matt Ryan would connect. Man, Fields just need to go in there, figure out yeah. what to look for, figure out the offense a little bit, and then he can do whatever he got to do. Cause I'll tell you what, uh, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers did not connect at all when Rodgers got in there, and that worked out pretty good. So it really doesn't matter. It's not always going to be a perfect Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes situation where they're just nice to each other. See, yeah, we just you know, know perfect. You know, it's, it's not like Atlanta, you know, where it's like. I, and here's the thing. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers right now. Green Bay just took a quarterback. So it's not like you have to play fields day one. Yeah, if I wouldn't expect draft that. them. That's why I think it's – I mean, realistically, the Falcons might not get this high of a pick again for Hell, a while. They could trade for the fourth pick and get Deshaun Watson. I wouldn't be opposed to that yeah, if I was a Falcons. All right, now that's just going to wrap it up. Uh, we kind of got into a little bit of baseball, a little bit of football. Can't really talk Falcons because, you know – they, they choke. Stop playing with my team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to do it. I mean, if I give, if I'm given material to use, I'm gonna use it. You know, that's what Listen, I. That's I what I learned say, in school. I will say, I'm having some Chiefs fans pushing really, really hard for me to switch teams. I've had three Chiefs fans send me three different Chiefs jerseys. Oh man. I got like a. I got a throwback Jamal Charles. Somebody sent me a Priest Holmes jersey, and then I got, like, a newer-looking Jamal Charles jersey. But I, I just want to say, man, that's that's kind of cool in my opinion because I wasn't going to get no Chiefs jersey. I wasn't going to go to the store and buy it. Hey, so Kansas City, that's that's how loyal so they are. We're loyal fans. We will give you what you need. Yeah, I promise you. We got it good right now in Kansas City, but – there was a very dark, dark age. Yeah, in like it was a very dark age in Kansas City. Yeah, we there was there was a lot of bad playoff losses. We 
We had the Falcon syndrome for a while, so there's some hope for you to get out of that. Hey, we need to get those Nick Keith jerseys, though. Bowls. I don't want to hear nothing. Hey, man, we, we've had our tr- every city has their troubles unless you're Massachusetts, Boston, then it's just you win titles every single year somehow. But anyways. But, yeah, hey, if they give you those jerseys, you know, we got to get those Nick Heath jerseys sometime here. Yeah, we got to get those Nick Heath jerseys. That's what's up. Listen, man, if they let y'all pull up, I have two Nick Heath jerseys waiting just for y'all. Oh, oh hey, hey, we'll get we'll get it hooked up. Don't don't you we'll worry. Get, if we'll we there, if there's fans if this year, we'll be, there. Allowed, we'll be there. We're, we're letting I got, you know. I got my Royals mask right next to me right now. Let's go. <laughs> I, I'm just going to wear a regular mask. I'm just going to let you know that he, like that would matter but not anyway a super fan. Nick, he's not a super fan like me that's the reason it's all right man we get it sometimes you know <laughs> oh so now the jokes are on me okay <laughs> yeah we turn the tables on you buddy sometimes they don't love us how they said they do hey all that's right, right Nick. hey that's gonna be it for this interview um nick do you have anything to say no man i'm just glad y'all had me back on it's cool to hear y'all voices again that's what i was gonna you know say me, i'm always i'm always down to come on here and talk shop with y'all i love it and whenever y'all ready to have me on again Say the word, I'll be here. Hey, for sure. I mean, hey, if you guys want to go follow Nick on uh, Twitter, and I'm sorry to do it to you and listen to his uh, doubts and uh, troubles about being a Falcons fan, um, <laughs> go follow him at NHeathRetrust. I'm not even going to lie. That's probably the best username I've seen on Twitter in a while. I mean, it's a good username. It's kind of catchy. But I got to come in clutch. I got to come in clutch for something. That's what it's really <laughs> going to be good for me. I hey. gotta hit like a. I gotta. Hit, I have. I have to have like a walk off homer or something like that. It's and he, really <laughs> you were planning that ten years ago. You're gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna be a MLB player. <laughs> and when they mention at in Heath, we trust. It's gonna be the best moment. I mean, listen, dog. I'm planning for the future here. I'm planning for the yeah. future, man. I gotta speak it into existence. All right, but hey, that's gonna be it for this interview. Make sure to go follow Nick. Um, Nick, we really appreciate you having on. Like. Like you said, we'd love to have you back on at any time. Definitely going to meet up, hopefully, during the season. We'll we'll definitely chat before. But other than that, let's get back into the regular program, back to our Prime Time Kansas City podcast. All right, we really enjoyed that podcast with or that interview with Nick. Nick's a uh, great friend of the podcast. He's the first Royals player to come on. Uh, we hope to talk to him first again professional soon. professional athlete to come on. No, that's false. You were not here. Jonte. Jonte. Oh, shit. Well, I don't count. Him it was John's. It was John's sucks. first professional athlete. Sure. I, I first professional athlete who isn't an idiot. Jonte's not an idiot. Well, he's related. He's related to Michael. So you're just <laughs> mad that the Clippers didn't draft him. <laughs> no, I'm not. I think I'm mad the Clippers didn't draft Michael Porter. I hope he turns out to be great. Happier that my team didn't draft the player. Yeah, they drafted Jake Gildas Alexander, right? Yeah. And that and what that get you? What that get you? A second round exit in the playoffs? I got a Paul George. I really like. There is a certain line you have to draw, and Michael Porter is like from a personality standpoint. Oh, he's one of the dumbest. My least favorite athlete of all time. Wow, that's saying something. No, it's not. It's D Ford. Shut up. Shut up. No personality was. He said personality was. Bro, he hasn't caused me a ton of pain, so I can't put him ahead like of D or Tom. (laughs) D. He stirred. He stirred. He is such just a little. He's, no, he's done. He's done. I honestly thought your least favorite athlete might be Drew Brees. No, that's uh, you. No, I, I hate him as a player. Personality uh, wise. As much as I, I'm assuming you're saying that because like of his like his regrettable comments. That and and also Tom Brady, same thing. I mean, yeah, look, if I had to get rid of, if I had to get mad at every athlete for that, then I might as well just stop watching baseball. So um 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's gonna pretty much conclude this primetime Kansas City podcast. Wait, 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 you little fuck. Oh. I have something to say. Wow. Okay. Um, baseball actually has news, and when baseball actually has news, you have to report it because it rarely ever has anything George interesting. Springer to the Blue Jays. Yep. George pissing Springer and Trevor Bauer maybe to the Dodgers. Oh my God! If they get him, and the they're hell? trying to get Nolan yeah. Arenado too. The Dodgers what? are flat out like, well, we don't really need any players. But they're building an all-star team. Players. They're literally building an all-star team. Bro, that team is in what they got Muncie at first. They got Bellinger. They got Kershaw, Walker, Bueller, Betts, fucking hell, man. Mookie Betts. Peterson had a great year. Mookie Betts forgot about him even. Uh, what's Damn, the dude? What's the fat speaker. reliever? Oh, Pedro Baez. Nope, not him. Kenley, Kel- Kenley Jensen. Kenley Jansen, yeah. Like, oh, that is unbelievable. Yeah, honestly, Toronto is probably going to compete for the AL East now. I, I believe it. I mean, well, the Yankees, no. Oh, no, man. The Yankees got worse. What? Yeah. Who did they lose? Let's see. I'm pretty sure they lost someone good. Masahiro Tanaka went to the Chinese or Japan baseball. But he's ass. That's a huge loss. Well, they, they gave him, like, a shit ton of money, I think. I think, unless that was a dream. <laughs> unless that was a dream. I'll tell you guys one thing. The the best basketball team in the Western Conference is the Los Angeles Clippers. Why Ooh. is that, John? But, but they're not going to beat the Lakers. I'm just saying they're better than them. That doesn't mean they're not going to lose them. Oh, Tanaka could leave for Japan. Uh, Yankees starting pitcher has a strong interest in pitching in his native Japan for a much bigger deal amid free agency. Interesting. Also, um, the Padres versus the Dodgers might be the best thing ever. The best thing ever. Wow. It, it's okay. better than... And that'll do it for tonight. Hey, you had to ramble. We rambled. That's what we do. John, that'll fuck off. We have a D4 of the week for this past week. I do. Mac Wilson, fuck you. You just wanted that. <laughs> um, I hate Mac Wilson. Hmm, what should my D4 of the week be? Should I feel be. like there's some... I guess my D4 of the week is everyone who thinks the Nets aren't going to steamroll everyone on the way to an easy NBA championship. I would agree. Uh, my D4 of the week is Tennessee Athletics. Mm, who yeah, gives their okay. athletes money in a McDonald's bag? Okay, that's a pretty baller way of doing it. Like, yeah, I got you a McChicken. A McChicken. Okay, but think <laughs> if they really like money to buy twenty five thousand McChickens. <laughs> just think if they just think if they were like, I don't want a McChicken, and they throw the bag away. Like, there yeah, goes. No, don't, man, I'm allergic to bread. They're gonna be like, hey, how's that McChicken? Oh, I threw that shit away. Oh shit! Honestly, <laughs> I like threw it away. Like, I would be the same way. <laughs> a homeless dude finds <laughs> it in the trash, and he's like. Oh my god. <laughs> There's a receipt on there, dude. Yeah, and it's my says, name on it has Tennessee's like head coach's name on there. Well, because he got number. fired. Dude, they went through so much shit to not have a buyout. Like they went through the deep ends. Like Tennessee exposed No, they yeah, I mean they might have. They exposed themselves just to pay this not to pay this dude. They said, Yeah, we cheated, but this is just so we don't have to pay our head coach's buyout. Like that's a ball ballsy move. Yeah, it is a pretty ballsy move. I like, guess the, the NCA could be like, "Oh shit, we need to look into Tennessee," and then boom, five year bull ban. That's not gonna what. That's not gonna happen. But I'm just saying, like, Tennessee might have get punished harder than Mizzou is. 
for this. Trust me, Matt. Yeah. All right. But that's really going to wrap it up for Primetime Kansas City. If you guys enjoyed this podcast slash interview, make sure to follow us on Twitter, primetime underscore KC. Subscribe to the podcast. Let us know what we did good, what we did bad. Um, a lot of rambling. It's the best thing. A lot of rambling. We always do it. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys really enjoyed this podcast, we hope to uh, have you on the next episode, which will be released this Friday. Other than that, we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.